Okay, so it's obviously a question which often comes up. To explain, um, how do we have an understanding mitzvah that we meant to destroy an entire nation? wipe them out. Every single memory, every single individual. How does it make sense? How can we, how can we explain why the Torah would tell us to kill people? To us, seem like a dilemma innocence. Why would there be such a possibility that we meant to destroy the entire nation? And if we want to ask the question a different way, which sometimes people do it, it's not just a question, it's more of an accusation. That is, you, have to, you, you claim how evil the Nazis were, they wanted to destroy the Jews. Okay, so for, you, for, for the Nazi mindset, the Jews were their Amalek. They wanted to do to the Jews exactly what we wanted to do to the Amalek. So what's, uh, what's morally wrong about it? Well, and if it is morally wrong, then how do we justify why killing Amalek is any different? Okay, those are the questions. Now, as always, before we talk about how to answer the questions, let's understand for ourselves what uh, Hashkafa really is, what the understanding is. Um, so to do that, I want to start a little bit with uh, the, the background in Ruchnius to Amalek, just to put it into perspective, and then we'll talk about practically how it's Magetas. We know that the Torah tells us that Avram Avinu wasn't able to have children. What is the reason for that? So the spiritual reason for that is very simple. There's 70 almost in the world. And uh, the 70 tracks in Shemaim, we talk about Sarim, which directs the course of each nation, direct the course of each other. But in order to get whatever Hashbar Ruchnis it is, so then it has to go through a side. It has to be of one, of the, one of the tracks, one of the routes which they are. When Avraham Avinu, so to speak, recognized Hashem, and he distanced himself from every other Ummah, so now he's, he's left without any connection to Shemaim. Now he's left without any track which is going to of a Malach because there isn't a, there isn't a 71st star. And that's what uh, Abraham Avinu says to Hashem. And he says, I can see that there's no Malach, there's no possibility for me to have children. Because where are they going to come from? Which, which star am I part of? I'm a part of any star. I've, so to speak, left the jurisdiction of all the star. And if I've left the jurisdiction of all the star, then there isn't a natural Malach in the Bria how Malik's going to get it, how Abraham's going to get anything. And Hashem's answer to him was, it's true, but you have a special unhug that you're not under the jurisdiction of the Tsar. You have a direct, so to speak, Hashbar from Hashem, and that's why, and he told him that, the normal system of how to apply to the rest of the world, Abraham Avinu doesn't apply to you. And that was a promise Hashem made to him, and Zarecha that Avram's descendants would have a continuation of that unique track, so to speak, with Hashem, which doesn't go through Sarim. It doesn't go through one of the normal tracks of the Bria, it's a direct connection to Hashem. Now, Avram, he gives that as he rushed to Yitzchak. But now when it comes to Yitzchak's children, now we have a problem. Because Yitzchak has two children, and like the Navi already said, they're two separate nations. And if they're two separate nations, so then... Not, not both of them are going to be able to get that connection. So only one of them would be able to continue, so to speak, that unhugger which Abraham Avinu had. And that was really the struggle between Yaakov and Esau. And that was who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one to continue the Mahalach which was given from Abraham to Yitzchak and then to who? 
And when Yaakov gets the brachas, so then Esav realizes that, like he says to Yitzchak, what's going to be with me? If, if Yaakov is going to be the continuation of that special Hanhaga uh, that there is, and that is that even though there's no sar, even though there's no sar, so Hashem takes care of Zerabram, so where's Esav going to get? And that's what Yitzchak says, I don't have anything to give you. Well, Yitzchak couldn't have thought of a few kind words to say as a bracha. The answer was it wasn't just the words, it was the, the, the hemshech of that, of that Birkas Avram. And Yitzchak gave it to Yaakov, what's what Yitzchak going to do? So the only thing you can offer Yitzchak is you can say to him that Al-Kharb and that is that whatever you steal from Yaakov you'll get. There isn't a hashpot to give you directly and you don't have a kiyom directly. But whatever you can take away from Yaakov, okay, that's what you're going to love. And that's why from that stage onwards Yitzchak hates Yaakov and it's not just because it, he was angry with him, because he wanted to take revenge. It was much deeper than that. Esau understood that's his only kiyum. The only kiyum Esau has is as much as he can take from Yaakov. And so he wants to always wants to kill Yaakov. Because if kill Yaakov, steal from Yaakov, whatever he's going to do, Be'atim uh, it's his lifeline. It's his lifeline. If you want to give a marshal to this, it's a dogma of a weed. A weed doesn't have its own root system and can't suck its own nuisance from the ground. But if it holds onto a plant, then it's going to always sap what it can from the, from the parent plant because that's the only way the weed's going to survive. It doesn't. Sorry? Vine? We call it weed, something which like, grows on something else and takes nutrients from it. The vine just has to be held up, it has its own roots in the ground. But something which is like, it's, it's, it's taking its nourishment from the parent plant, it can't take any other way. So its existence is based on how much it can steal. And that's what Yitzchak tells you, Esau, that your chiyas is going to be a chayr What You're going to live by what you can take, you're going to live by what you can steal. And therefore, Esav now has to try and steal from Yaakov because he doesn't have another option. There isn't a sire for Yaakov, there isn't a sire for Esav. So, when well, that's the case, so then the key of Esav is only based on how much he can take from Yaakov. Yes. Esau had, had Seir when he took from his Seir. So that's another passion I have to explain. That's what he got from Seir. Seir wasn't on Okay, so let's explain that. But uh, first, the principle. Okay, so that's the, that's the struggle between Yaakov and Esau. That's what the Zara says in lots of places. That's what the Zara says that. Um, that the Esau teamed up with the Satan. No, not because of the Satan is a sire of Esau. The Satan is not a sire of anybody. But the Esau, they're in a similar predicament because the Satan is in exactly the same position. There's no, there's no Hashbar to the Satan. And the way he exists is only because he takes from us. And that's why the, the, the Satan has an interest to steal as much as he can from Kaisal, to be Machshal Kaisal as much as he can to denounce us to the best of Shalmaras so that he can cause punishment because he is a beneficiary. Whatever he takes away, that's what he gets. And it's not an extra, that's what he survives of. Because uh, there isn't any hashbot to the Satan. And that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's not going to give anything to the Ra. So the Ra exists by its ability to be machshal and take away from what Hashem gives to people, or particularly what Hashem gives to Kali Yisrael, which is why the Gemara says that as much as the Satan... Uh, will, will be Machshel the Goyim, but he's much more interested in being Machshel Klai Yisrael. He has much more to gain by that. 
and therefore the unholy alliance between Esau and the Satan is better than the same position. They both don't have a side, they both don't have a normal mahalak of how they're going to get anything, and they both therefore have to, have to their, their only source of survival is really how much they can steal, how much they can take, whether it's in a spiritual sense what the Satan does, or it's in a physical sense what Esau tries to do. Now, that was the setup originally. The Mesa, Esau himself, you see, uh, marries into Seir. Seir was a country. Seir was a land. Seir had a sire. And therefore, the one track of Esau gets, becomes part of Seir, and now it has its own, has, its, has a sire which they kind of branched into by, taking, by, by connecting to that, 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 uh, that existing sire. The one who didn't get that was Amalek. Why? With, we have to talk about the whole confused, um, basically, Yichos of Amalek. Well, he was a Mamza and a Mamza, and therefore the whole thing that really doesn't have any other connection to, except to Esau's own family. So Amalek remains the ones who don't have anything else. They're the ones who don't have a star, they're not part of anything. The only connection, the only ability to get anything is by taking from Israel. And that's what that became, again, Amalek's only, only way to, so to speak, to be successful and to get anything is what they can take from us. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Yamats. That it'll always be the, the seesaw, one against the other one. The more the more Yaakov can prevent the or inflict the Amalek taking from them, so then the less Amalek's going to have. The more Amalek is able to take away from us, then he gets more weak at least. That's the two sides of the balance between Yaakov and or Yisrael and Amalek. That's why we also know Lasid Lavi. Lasid Lavi, when uh, we we are at a level where we stop doing things wrong, so the number one will be no more certain. The Sultan gets destroyed because now he's lost his lifeline. And when there's no longer anyone doing Averis, and there's no longer anybody feeding the Sultan, so the Sultan dies. And the same thing will happen to Amalek. The other nations will exist, lost in love in some form, to serve us or to do whatever job they're meant to do in the world. Not Amalek. Like it says, It gets completely destroyed. And the reason is the same reason. There isn't a mocking for him in the world. There isn't a Kiyam for him in the world. His Kiyam is based on the fact that we're doing things wrong and he can take away from us. And then when we stop doing things wrong, and when we hold him by level that we get everything we meant to get, so the Amalek disappears, because uh, he doesn't have any other connection to Kim. That's a spiritual background. Now, the next one you have to understand, and that is that that Nitzias, therefore, uh, which is that Esau, particular, and particularly Amalek, hates Kali Israel, isn't just uh, something superficial. It's that's rooted on a very true Ruchnius, it's like saying that the Satan hates us. It's, it's coming from the same place, which means, on a deeper level, the, their survival is based on the fact that they're going to dis- that they want to take from us. And the more that they, the more that they do, the more they'll be successful. Like the Gemara says, anybody who fights the Jewish people, again, if they're unsuccessful, they'll, they'll disappear. If they are successful, they'll become extremely powerful because they, they, they'll, they'll take whatever we meant to get if we deserve to lose it, and then it, it'll give them a tremendous kaya. That's the, the spiritual background. Now, the next point. <coughs> the next point. That's why, just on the spiritual point, before we get to bring it down to the practical point, that's why on that level, when the Torah says destroy Amalek, it's because the Atsem, the, any, any Amaleki who's living, is really living at the expense of Klai In a spiritual sense, because that's where the Kim is coming from. That also explains why now six parsha, the parsha came out of Mitzrayim. Amalek had to attack them. Everyone was like, "Why? Why in the world? You've just seen miracles. You've just seen miracles. Why are you coming to attack?" 
The answer is Amalek didn't really have a choice. Being Amalek, so then the, the, the more Klaishal gets, the more, it, so to speak, it threatens them. And therefore the fact that they tried to take whatever they could by coming to fight, so that was, uh, so to speak, an act of, quote, desperation. That uh, to, to try and take what they can before Klaishal get to a stage where there will be no room for them in the brain anymore. Okay, that's the spiritual part. Now let's talk about the physical part. And that is, if you had a culture, if you had a culture which would train every child to grow up to be another Hitler, that's the, that's the mindset, that's the training, that's the chinuch, that's the up, up, upbringing. So then you look at each potential person as a, a, a future enemy. Somebody who the whole race and dad, someone in the whole mindset is just to kill. So if, if somebody, let's say, would have had the opportunity to kill Hitler as a kid. So in hindsight of having known what would have happened had he not done that, we would have considered him the world's biggest benefactor. Uh, no one did it. Hashem wanted him to be there. But Lemaise, what look at what he could have been. Uh, you have to do something like that? Sorry? You have to do something like that? That what? A, ch- a child is going to sin. It's not a sin. It's a If you know that something is going to grab to kill you, so then of course you try to kill them first. You're doing what Hamas kid nowadays. So that's... Not, that's uh, it's, 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 I'll explain why it's not exactly the same thing, but let's say you would know that someone's being primed to be a terrorist and I can do a preemptive strike and kill him while he's still learning how to do it before he's going to come and be a terrorist. Of course I'm doing the right thing. Of course, I would do that. Which is what, and uh, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, every besides the halacha, there's also a moral justification for that. You have the right to prevent yourself getting harmed. I can see, and uh, someone is trying to learning, growing, pre- preparing to harm me. I have a way to, pre- to preempt it. Of course, I'm meant to do that. Why risk innocent people? Because I'm, I can see terrorists, and I don't do anything about them. Sorry. That's only if you know for sure. 100%. And when we're talking about Amalek, so then we know for sure. Because like we said beforehand, it wasn't something which was uh, like random, that perhaps they'll learn to be dangerous. Uh, it came from the spiritual origin of the, of, the, of the people. And that is that they understood our success and our survival is how much we can take. So imagine a person who would, would need to kill to live, for whatever reason that would be. So, uh, and he's training all his children to do the same. Yeah, kill to live. That's the only way you're going to survive. If that's okay. So we look at, at every at everybody in such a in such a tribe as they're all they're all being raised in order to kill. They're all there in order to destroy. And we made it. If, if we have to, now they don't always have the opportunity to. They weren't always strong enough. But that's always the mindset. That's always what they're trying to do. And uh, like we said, where it comes from, it comes from a certain spiritual underpinning, which is like Be'atim. They don't have any other skill. They don't have any other skill. And that's what they take from us. So then, yes. So then, uh, if, if we're aware of that, so then, of course, the fact that you're going to to kill the adults isn't going to help anything because you're just pushing things down the road for the next generation to, to do the same. Why? If I, if I kill everyone down to three years old, those kids haven't been indoctrinated. Can I just indoctrinate them to something better? So, like I said, it's not going to work. Because that's not where I started from. If I'm going to Megai, then... Like I say, Chemet says, I can Megayim Malekim. We find I got Daimion. We find Bnei Bonaf Shalom and the Torah Bnei Brak. Whatever it was, that's different. Now I've taken them out of being a Malek. Okay, so now that's a different story. But if you're not going to Megayim, then, then by, by virtue of being a Malek, they're going to have to do that. There's no other way for them to survive. Is that why it's different than like Hamas? Let's 
Sorry? That's why it's different to Hamas. Hamas, we don't say our Amalek. We don't know who Amalek is. But uh, Hamas aren't, the survival doesn't depend on killing Jews. Uh, there might be enemies, there might be terrorists, but they're not, those are the people who are the terrorists. If you have innocent people who, who haven't been indoctrinated and aren't trying to harm you, okay, then we don't have a mix to kill everybody. But if you're talking about people that, like we said, that's coming from a place of, that's their kiyum. That's their kiyum. The kiyum is the ability to attack La Israel. So then, even if we haven't indoctrinated them, it's halacha. It's something which they're going to come to anyway, because in a spiritual sense, that's, what the, that's the only way they're going to get that, that hemshech, if that's the case. So then, Ba'atim, the, the success of destroying Amalek is, is taking away that existential threat that they're always presenting. What about animals? They're animals. And it's here to kill the animals as well. We'll talk about that too. Okay, so that's the first point. Now, Ba'amis is, it's not going to happen until Mashiach comes. The, the, the destroying Amalek is part of the Tikkun Abri, which means just like the Satan will get destroyed, so sending Amalek gets destroyed. There were times when Klai Israel were very close to that, and had they, had they done what they were meant to do, then they could have brought about the time of Mashiach. But uh, as long as we're not holding by that, so we're not going to be able to t- effectively destroy Amalek, because again, it's the same principle. As long as Klai Israel is doing things wrong, then there is the Koyach of the Ra, which is taken away from us. There is the Koyach of the Ra, which is taken away from us, and that's in the spiritual sense manifest by the Satan and in the physical sense manifest by Amalek but in a case where Klai shall get that level of perfection where there's no, there isn't that connection to the Ra anymore so now both disappear the Satan in the spiritual sense because he has nothing to feed him if he, if he can't uh, take anything away from Klai Yisrael and Amalek in the physical sense because again it's a nation which is its entire existence there is to try and take away from Klai Yisrael to stand against us to be the, our, our opposition that's where their ability comes, that's where their strength comes from. And like the Gemara says, in Malach when Yishalayim is rebuilt, then Amalek gets destroyed. So, so, that's the background. That's the background. Now, that's what it all makes sense um, to talk about people. Yes, in today's world, it's hard to relate to the fact of a national indoctrination. Because people, the whole mindset of the world today is that everyone has their own choices and no one's bound by anything. And everyone can think what they like, and then there's no, there's no party line or national line or any other line which anyone has to follow. So yeah, everyone's their own person. They can make up their own minds. That's true. And today there isn't a dogmatic society which forces people to think a certain way. But let's have to appreciate that. That's because the countries we're talking about are better than have sorrow in their own right. And therefore there's a certain mahalach. And if it's a mahalach which today is, is much less regimented so then okay so, so then that's the way the world works but if you have a, a force like Amalek then, then the underpinning of the, of, the, of the nation is based on the fact that they that they, they, they don't have a, a spiritual source cue they don't have a sar and like Yisrael told us at the beginning that's going to always be the way you're going to live so like I said, part of Ace of branched out into Adon and Sayer, but the rest, Amalek, so then that, that, that is very much the case. The only way they're going to live is what you can take by the sword. That, now, but why do you have to destroy more than that? Why do you have to destroy the people of Amalek? I mean the animals of Amalek. It's the people, not the animals doing wrong. So the one who had this question, Mashallah Melech. The one who had this question, Mashallah Melech, and he said, and he didn't. He left the animals alive, and that was his, that's why he lost his kingdom. That's why he was punished. That he was going to, he was going to kill himself in battle, and he would lose the malchus. And the question is a good question: What did the animals do wrong? 
Why should we punish the animals of Amalek if it's just animals? Why does the Torah say Zaychar Amalek? Any memory of Amalek, any reminder of Amalek has to be wiped out. So Rashi really explains, that's just the point we have to explain a bit better. Rashi says, he says, no one shall to say, this is from Amalek, that's from Amalek. So we want a reminder of that force of Amalek. It would just be just similar to as an example to the fact that when the Satan will get destroyed, do we want reminders of all the things he made people do wrong? No, I don't know. It's just a throwback to a world of sin, a world of bad. When Satan gets destroyed, you want to take away any vestiges of what he left behind as well. And the same applies to Amalek. And that is anything he left behind which is going to bring a, you know, people to remember this is Amalek. This was, Amalek is a symbolic of wanting to distress, of the Koyach Abra. We don't, we, don't want to, we don't want a memory of that. It it's all comes from, uh, from a place where, we want to, where we're not doing what we're meant to do, and then there's a Koyach Abra which, which works against us. So, that's the background. Now, to answer the questions, um, that is, we make a very generous offer. And that is, like we said, the Stachemid rules, that you're allowed to Magari and Amaleki, even says more than that, you Makaim, the midst of Machias Amalek, for making him a Jew, because now you've destroyed an Amalek, you've made him to a Jew. Okay, you want to be a Jew, you, you can switch, you can trans, transfer to Azad, and then, the, the spiritual underpinning of being a Malek is not there anymore. Because if you're part of Klai Yisrael, now as a, as a Jew, you get a cash of the Klai Yisrael. And now you get the, the chalik of the of the kiyum the Klai Yisrael gets. They're not better than It's an option, but they have to want to do it. We don't force Gerim. Uh, or... They're not going to get in the Shama. Gerim's a cotton Schneider dummy. So the... We we have to want them to be sincere, also not Gary. Well, usually we, we try to make we try to push Gary away. Because we don't think they're sincere. We, we encourage Amalekia to convert, so we don't have to kill them. No, we don't encourage anybody. We, we have two two options. But it's a, but the option is. Sorry. Yeah, it sounds very similar. We don't we don't no. The, the difference is that like we said before, the, the we're not trying to kill them because we want them to convert. It's the other way around. It, it's uh, you, you, you're you're an enemy who wants to destroy us. Okay, so we're going to protect ourselves. We're going to kill you first. Now we're not condemning you. We're not condemning you. You want to you want to become a part of Klai Yisrael. That's an option. That's the first point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, because they can't be Amalek. Amalek is a nation who, by definition, has to fight Klai Yisrael. <coughs> No, it has to be genuine. Sorry? Uh, it's not, there's a machaikis in the Farshan why he left the Gaganav. He was supposed to show him off as a trophy that he killed the king, or somehow a, a guy convinced him that you know, he, should, he, he shouldn't kill him like a common, he maybe thought he'd kill him at a later stage, whatever the case was. Sorry? Agag. Shashol, he left the animals and he left the king, Agag. So that's a chasam sofer. He talks about it and he says, the wood, "Is there a mitzvah today?" It's machlokes in the rishani. The pasuk of the halacha is that we're not mechuyif to kill a malik today because it's a din on the king. 
There's a dinner in the Jewish army that when you have a king, and one of the mitzvahs of the king is to destroy Amalek. So I just told you. He has no idea what this is all about. So you just think that you don't. Uh, the halacha is when it takes the king. Now, if you find someone who's genetically Amalek today, he'd, then by definition, he'd want to kill Jews. It has to be together. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the, 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 the halacha is it would be. It would be. If a person doesn't have any other kills, then that's what he's. It's halacha. It's halacha mesh material. means it's naturally. He's going to gravitate to that because that's what he needs to do. But do we have that mitzvah today? No. And that's why I said, Ba'atzim, it's a mitzvah which is going to get fulfilled in the Kiyom Oilam, in the Tukun Oilam, when, when there will be a Jewish king, Mashiach, who will also fight the wars of Hashem and destroy Amalek and rebuild the race of English. That's part of the setup for preparing the world for the future world, which is the way it's meant to be. So if you're going to say today, are we looking to kill people? No. We aren't even entitled to. But if you're going to say today, are we, uh, do we understand why the Torah would say that we have to destroy Amalek? Yes. As a force which is there to destroy us, you have to destroy it. Um, yeah. We mentioned before that when Mashiach comes, I'm not going to have anything to take from us because we won't be doing anything wrong. So why then will we kill them? That's, that's how we'll be able to kill them. Well, why should we kill them if they're no longer a threat? They are a threat. The only one be a threat if they're not here. But I said they'll have nothing to, they'll have no exclusive, they'll have nothing to take anymore. So the automatically they'll just they'll so die. Why they so they'll die. They won't exist without that. You didn't hear what I said at the beginning. So a person has to get from somewhere. If they have nothing to take from, then they're going to die. A person, if they have to get from somewhere. So it's not that we're going to kill them, they'll just wither? No, either or. They'll be the ones who'll kill, and if they're not, they'll, 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 they'll automatically die. They won't have a school skill. People kill the Nazis from Amalek? Do we have any evidence? No, we have no evidence. So they acted like Amalek wanted to act. And we, we, we killed them in Nurebuk Trump. How then? Was there any, was there any Indian to do take revenge? Well, no one asked that. We weren't part of that. Would there be an Indian to kill Nazis after the war's over? Yeah, that's a big discussion in its own rights. Is it our job to, so to speak, to kill Rishon now? If we have the legal way to do it. It's a discussion in its own rights. Now, now we just prison them. We don't hang them. We Again, is it the right thing or the wrong thing to do? Is, is we can discuss capital punishment. We will, it's on the topics to discuss. But the idea of a monarch, that's the idea of a monarch. Yeah. No, it's not halacha. It's not halacha. It's not halacha. It's not halacha. Even according to that, it's not halacha. Even any nation that imperialism is bent on destroying us, would that be because they're Amalek? Like, for example, Nazis were given using resources and they should have used for the war. Yeah, of course. They were acting like Amalek. They're acting like Amalek acts. It doesn't make them Amalek. Amalek is a certain people. So we have not here to no. If it's saving Jewish lives, it's a different story. Then that's a regular thing about But that would be a different category. But they didn't. No, it's not true. It's the people. It's the people. It's a. Don't know. There's a, what we know is that it's brought in the post game. They, they exist. We know the the yichus. We know why they are where they where they so to speak, where, what's going to happen to them, and they're going to get destroyed. And you see, it's not, not every non Jew hates Jews. So, in theory, it's possible that I grew up yeah. In the non Jewish world, those non Jews who weren't affected by Christianity normally don't hate Jews. 
It was a Christian thing to make them hate Jews, and that the Christians were very successful at that. The less strongly Christian the country was, the more liberal it is towards Jews. The liberal it is towards Jews. And you see it all over the world. The the Amalek Sainz Yaakov, which is talking about Amalek, is a different level. That's not the religion, that's an existential thing. They consider us to be an existential threat to them, and they are. We, they're a threat to us as well. And that's the main, main point. Now, just to go back a second um, to explain. Um, so, how do you give this point out? So, the first point is number one, we're not, ta- we, we're not taking into our hands the to go around killing people because we don't know who Amalek is. Even if we were dead, we would need a Malik and a Sanhedrin. It's not one of those things which everybody, any firebrand can go and decide they're going to do on their own. And what's the justification? So, number one, so we, we are, no, we, we clash up to on looking to kill people and we're not looking to destroy any nations because we aren't entitled to do that. And now, the second point, if you want to explain the terrorist position. So, if you would know that there was a group of people who set on trying to destroy you, that's their whole existence. That's what they're here to do. So, do you have the right to go and destroy them first? Of course. Morally, 100%. Even Why is it different to the Nazis? The answer is, and the Jews weren't threatening the Nazis. No one was trying to kill them. As on the contrary, they, were, they, they decided, and it was obviously directed at Menashe Mayim, but they, they, they scapegoated us for everything in the world and decided to, that, that that's the way they're going to release all their pent-up frustration and anything else to, to use the Jews as the ways to, ones to attack, which was always done. The Crusades did the same thing, so did the Cossacks. There was no real threat. No Jews were trying to rise up against Germany on the country. They were the Germany's most loyal citizens. So if you're going to talk about is there a moral right to kill somebody, yeah. what are they doing to harm you? And how do you prove to a irreligious person that even the babies and children are also threats by violence? No, so that you have to explain. You have to explain that it's not just coming from indoctrination of a, of a certain education system. You have to, you have to explain. And it's not that I'm how you explain Ruchnius, but the idea is that the, basically the, the, it, it, the nature of a their survival ba- is based on... They won't Okay, we have to explain it. I'm asking, we have to explain how, how to explain Ruchnius. That's a point in its own right. We'll be able to talk about that. But when I can explain the idea of how to explain the concept of Ruchnius, which we'll do, then you, then you can explain. It's somebody who's like the, so to speak, intrinsically, is an enemy. They're trying to destroy you. So then, we, it's true. We have to protect ourselves. Um, we have to protect ourselves. Always try to kill us. Always try to kill us. Yeah, you bring up how they know that. How, how do you know I'm not going to kill you? Right. Because you've right. tried it before. Right. So not you might say back, well, they're going to try again. They tried it before. Okay, so we have to explain the same point. We have to explain that it's not something which was by chance, it was something which is part of their nature. And now you're going to say, well, well how, do, how does people's natures. Whatever the answer is today in the world, there isn't a national conscience in anything. People do what they like. But if there was a certain identity of this, everybody who's part of it was a certain way and was conditioned a certain way, so then that's what they're going to be. And it doesn't come just because of the, the instruction that they got. It came because of a, a very real need which needed to be fulfilled. They needed to have, get something from somewhere. How we explain it? Ruchnius is a good question. We have to explain it. Next week we'll talk about that. But one last point, and that is, it's also important to mention the other thing, and that is they can convert. They can convert. If you're not an enemy, we don't have to kill you. And if an Amaleki becomes a Jew, again, so we're pretty much accepted in mainstream. It's not, there's not the option of that they, they have to be destroyed as a pariah people. It's in the, in the position of being an existential threat, existential threat to us, then we have to do something about it. If they would change, then of course we can accept them as going. So.